This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I've talked to people over the years and they've, they've, they've said things like this. You know, Alan, five years ago, I would not have been able to handle this situation. I'm talking about different situations they're going through. Five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. But, I, you know, the Lord's helped me and I, I'm so much more able and capable of handling things. And I begin to think about how as we grow stronger, then our responses grow stronger. Some of you can say the very same thing. This has happened years ago. I don't think I could have handled it, but today, thank God, there's a strength in me. And I've grown stronger. And I, We've been doing a series on, on Jehoshaphat called Growing Stronger. And this morning, I want to talk about stronger responses. The stronger we get, the stronger our responses become to problems and challenges. I was just thinking there... There's some common responses to problems and challenges. You, you can see them all over the place. I call them the freak out, the check out, and the lean in. The freak out is when something happens and you just freak out. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. <laughs> you just, you kind of go off and, and freak out. Not much good comes out of that, but it's a response. Then there's the check out. The check out is, I can't handle this, I'm out. Number of, <laughs> number of years ago, Matt, when Matthew he of the white shirt. Um, <laughs> when he was, a, when he was a, about four years old, he fell in the bathtub. I was giving him a bath. He fell in the bathtub and just split his chin, just split it. I looked at it and I went, okay, we're going to get, gonna have to get some stitches. So I went downstairs to get Joy and said, um, we're going to have to take uh, Matthew to the ER. I said, now when you go in, he's not crying, so keep, you know, make sure you don't like freak out when you see him. And so Joy walks in, she sees him and goes, and as soon as he sees her, he starts to cry. I'm like, and she's like, oh no, it's, it's, it's okay. So we go to the, we go to the ER and uh, I'm standing beside the bed and they've got him laid down. They pull out a needle about, it looked like it was that long. <laughs> and, and they take the needle and they, and they put it into the incision. <laughs> and I don't like needles anyway. And I look around for joy. <laughs> She's just gone. She wasn't even, it's not like she was standing over there to the side praying or something. She just left the room. It was a classic checkout. And uh, the nurse looked at me. She said, do we need a chair for dad? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. I was a little green, but joy checked out. Great woman of faith, but not in, with needles and her son on the, on the table. Then there's the lean in. And the lean in is when you, you have a problem and you face a problem and you lean into it with the, uh, the attempt to resolve it. Now, that's the best of those three. That's, that's the best one. But you're still pretty much limited to your own resources. But then there's an uncommon response. That uncommon response is is bringing God into the situation. Atheist was walking through the woods one day, admiring nature, which he thought was a random chance. And the birds were singing and the river was flowing and he was enjoying nature when he, and he heard a, a rustling and a growling behind him. He looked behind, it was about a seven foot grizzly bear. And the grizzly bear was bearing down on him. He takes off running. You're not gonna outrun a grizzly bear. And he takes off running, 
And he looks over his shoulder, and when he did, he tripped and fell. Landed on his back, and the bear comes up, and the bear was reaching out with his left paw and had his right paw up to strike. And the atheist cries out, oh God, and everything froze. River stopped running, birds stopped singing, the bear froze in mid-paw. And a voice and a light came out of and shined on the atheist, and a light came and said, You've denied my existence for years and even taught other people I don't exist. You've said that my creation is a random chance. And now you want my help in this predicament? Am I to treat you as a believer? And the atheist looked into the light and said, well, no, I guess it'd be hypocritical for you to treat me as a Christian. But could you make the bear a Christian? (laughs) And the voice said, done. And the river began to run and the birds began to sing and the bear takes his paw down but then joins the other paw together and said, Lord, for this food which you're about to receive, I want to thank you. Now when I talk about bringing God into a situation, that's not what I'm talking about necessarily. But there's a wonderful verse in one of my favorite Psalms and It's Psalms 34, and verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. There's There's that uncommon response. It's bringing God into the situation. I sought the Lord. Our place is to seek him. His place is to hear and to deliver. So we can seek him. Now we're going to be talking about that as, as, a, as a great response and seeking God and seeking God in prayer. And I don't want you to check out because when you start talking about prayer, some people are like, oh, whew, I've tried that before. And it didn't work. Oh, we can try again because I like that verse. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me. And when we bring God into the situation, the beautiful thing about it is we're not limited to our own resources. Now we have his resources behind us. An author wrote one time about his dad taking him to Kmart when he was in the sixth grade. He'd done something really big and his dad wanted to congratulate him. So one night they drove to Kmart. Oh, Kmart doesn't exist anymore, does it? Okay. So this was a few years back. And uh, takes him to Kmart and he's standing at the entrance. He said his dad was standing at the entrance and he, he, says, he looks at his son and he said, I'll buy you anything in the store. Any one item in the store, I'll buy you. Sixth grader said he didn't realize what kind of capacity his dad had. So he walked past the stereo systems. He walked past the bikes. And he picked out a cassette case holder. Or it was a case that held cassettes. Cassette, cassettes. Okay, okay. How many of you have never seen a cassette in, in, your, in your life? You're going to have to Google it. But um, he said it was, it was about 50 bucks, and he was so excited to have it. And he said certainly more than he could, he could ever afford. And he walked out with his cassette case holder. I'm thinking, I was thinking as I was looking about this, I said, he has to be younger than me. Because in the sixth grade, we didn't have cassettes. We had eight tracks. Bro, you hadn't lived till you've had an eight track in your car. And you want to hear your favorite song? You got to drive around the block a few times. Anyway, 
You can Google that too. Here's so... He said, here's what happened though. He said, years later, his dad had the, had the, his dad had the real character not to tell him. Years later, he found out his dad walked into that Kmart with $1,000 in his pocket and his checkbook just in case his son picked something more expensive. And he said, he learned something about prayer. How often do we go to God and pick out a cassette case holder when God has so much more available? How much more? His resources. Hey, guys, we serve a big God. Jehoshaphat is a man that we've talked about his heart, his character, his, his priorities. And Jehoshaphat was facing a very big challenge. In fact, the biggest challenge of his entire life. And so let's see how he handled it. His response was great. It happened after this, the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then Simon came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon and Tamar, which is in El Gedai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Now Jehoshaphat was facing a situation where there was a huge army coming against him and his people. They were outnumbered. And he he was afraid, but he didn't stop there. He was afraid, but instead of just freaking out or ignoring it or just trying to get his forces together, he decided to seek God. And it became serious about seeking God. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. That's the whole nation. He said, we're we're, going to fast. In other words, a fast is when you typically say, I'm not going to eat food or or go without dessert or something like that. But but typically a fast in those days was food. And so the whole nation came together and they, the people of God, and, and they came to seek God. They were afraid, but they didn't stop with the fear. They said, we're going to get serious about seeking the Lord. Very intentional. And then he prays this prayer. And I want you to see this prayer. It's a little bit longer passage, but I want you to see the prayer because it's in there for a reason. The Bible, anytime the Bible gives us a prayer or gives us something like that, it's for us. And we can learn from it. And so I want you to see his prayer. Everybody's standing out there, the whole nation, and they're standing there before God. And Jehoshaphat prays this prayer. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name's in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And here now are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit, O God. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. This is a great pattern. 
When Jehoshaphat starts the prayer, he does not start the prayer with the bigness of the problem. He starts the prayer with the bigness of God. Oh God, he said, are you not God in the heavens? And do you not rule over all the nations? And is there not power and might in your hand? And no one can withstand you. He doesn't start by questioning God. He doesn't, he's not blaming God. He is not talking to, oh God, this problem. He talks with God. You are bigger than anything. You're big. But then he takes it from being just a big God. He makes it personal. He said, and you're our God. Are you not our God? Basically saying, we're your, we're your people. God, you're the one that gave us this land. And you hear him identify and identify this nation and they identify with belonging to God. God, this is your land and we built you a temple for your name and this is for you and this is our possession. They're coming to throw us out of your possession that you have given us. And what you see is that Jehoshaphat is not just talking about me, me, me and it's us, us. He's like, God, we're in this together. These are your people. We're, we're your people. This is, this is your land. And then he asks God for, for help. So he goes, he goes, big God, our God. And then he said, and here's the problem. These people have come and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Actually, in this, in this very prayer, he recounts some of the very words that Jehoshaphat, I mean, that Solomon said to the Lord years earlier. God, if we come to you and we, and we face a hard time, we're going to come stand before you and stand in this temple and we're going, to, we're going to pray and you said you would hear us and you would deliver us. So he, he really was quoting what God had already promised to them. Had a promise and he's, he's telling the Lord, Lord, this is your promise. And then he asked God for his help. He said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Then what's interesting is they didn't all go home. They waited. They expected for God to answer them. Now that's powerful. They didn't just go, well, there's our prayer. Hope it works. We'll see you next week. No. He said, they waited. They prayed, and then they stood before the Lord. Now next week, we'll talk about the answer. But they got an answer. An answer came. As you see this pattern of prayer, I'm thinking, man, this is this is a great prayer. Now listen, when we talk about prayer, don't just grab a technique. This is not just a technique. There's the right heart behind this. Jehoshaphat, we've already talked about, he had a heart for God. So this is not something, he's coming at this new, but I look at his response to a major problem and he gets God involved in it. How about us? We have challenges and things that come our way. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to respond? What's a stronger response for us? The best response to a fearful situation is not to freak out or check out. Now, if you're going to lean in, understand that you're pretty much limited to your own resources. The best thing we can do when we face a situation like this is just get serious about seeking God. Serious about it. In other words, we're not just playing games. We're not just thinking, oh, it's a Sunday thing. It's you know, Monday's come, we're back to the regular life. No, we're going to seek God. Maybe you change your routine. Maybe you do something different. When you face a, a, a fearful situation, it's a good thing to say is, God, I'm going to go to you on this. I'm coming to you. Years ago, many of you know my story about my first grandson that was born. His name was Grant. And uh, I got a call one day. In fact, Justin and I were sitting in, in the office. 
I got, a, I got a call one day that Christina had gone into labor and then my daughter, and we hadn't heard anything in a while. And the phone call came in and, uh, and Joyce said, Alan, there's been a problem and Christina's had an abruption and, and uh, little Grant is in NICU and they don't know how he's going to make it. I remember I hung up the phone and Justin looked at me. He saw the look on my face. It was a, a serious situation. He saw the look on my face and he went, I'll check back with you later. And I walked out of there and I walked into our prayer. We have a, a, a prayer room. In fact, we're, we're, we're going to redo it, a, a prayer chapel. It's a place where we come and pray. And I remember walking in. I couldn't freak out. What was that going to do? I couldn't check out. That wasn't going to help. There's nothing. She's in Tulsa. I'm here. But I remember walking in that room and going, God, you're big. And you're bigger than a baby in NICU. And you can do something here. And I, and I just, boy, I, I was serious. Like, Lord, I, I need your help now. Now, I'm not attributing this to my prayers. I'm attributing this to the goodness of God. But my daughter is fine. In fact, she had another little baby and my little grandson, Grant, is sharp as a tack and completely normal because God did a work in them. We've got somewhere to go when we face a fearful situation. We don't have to freak out. We can get God involved. Here's, a, here's that pattern of prayer. Listen, when I talk about prayer, I know everyone's, I've had people look at me and they go, you know, I, I, Alan, I've tried prayer. I'm just not good prayer. I'm going to talk to men especially. Men, we're kind of like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I tried that prayer once. I'm, I'm not too good at it. My wife's the prayer. Or my grandma prays. I don't pray. Kind of like it's a man thing. I don't pray. Uh, no. We need to pray. We need God. And we need men who are willing to pray. And it doesn't have to be, listen, stop making it a win-lose thing. Make this a relationship thing. God, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to seek you. Listen, when your child started walking and they fell, you didn't look at them and go, <laughs> hey, just give up on walking. It's kind of not going to be your thing. Aren't you glad when we pray and maybe this doesn't turn out well, that our Heavenly Father doesn't look at us and go, forget praying, it's not going to be your thing. No, he's going to say the same thing you said as a parent. Get on up, son. I know you got something good in you. Get on up. You can walk again. So just hear me on this. You, you can do, start with the bigness of God when you pray. Don't start with the problem. Don't start with what I call a rear, a rear view mirror prayer. That's when you're driving down the road, you see a blue light in your rear view mirror. You're like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh please, 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 please. <laughs> Let's start different. Say, how do you know that prayer? Because I have prayed it too many times. <laughs> no, you want to start off different. You want to start off with God, you are a big God. The, the Lord led me this year to begin to start some of my prayers with Lord, you are the maker of heavens and the earth. God, you, were, you created this universe. And if he can create a universe, he can fix our situation. So God, you're a big God. Father, I want to thank you. You are the maker of heaven. Don't start with the bigness of the problem and don't start with why. Why is this happening to me? You got time for that later. Start with God, you're big. You're bigger than this. And then make it personal. Lord, you're not just big, but you're my God. You're my heavenly father.
You're my, I'm, I'm, not some, I'm not some distant orphan. You're my heavenly father. You live in me by your spirit. This is real. Identify with him. Don't identify with what I used to be or I haven't done this. Just identify with Lord, I'm your child. Kind of like what Joy shared this morning I thought was so good. She would knock on Aunt Betty's and Uncle Leo's door because she knew she was accepted and she knew she was loved and you're loved a whole lot more than you think. So you can come to him and say, Lord, I, I want to thank you that you hear me. Then have a, have a scriptural basis for the prayer. Don't be praying, Lord, kill my spouse. That is not a good prayer. And here's another prayer, please don't pray. Lord, you're praying for loved ones. Lord, break them, crush them, break them down, Lord. Just crush them, Lord, so they'll turn to you. Don't pray, and don't pray that for me, all right? But it's not a scriptural prayer. We want, if you've got lost loved ones, don't pray that. Pray, Lord, send laborers into the harvest. Send people to them that they'll listen to. You say, well, Alan, I don't know any scriptures. I'm gonna give you one right now. Here's a good one, ready? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he gave you Jesus, will he not give you the wisdom, the strength, the healing, the provision, the ideas, the help, the peace? If he gave you Jesus, he said, that's his best. We're up there asking for cassette cases. When he's given us the whole store, Oh, that's, that's good preaching. I know it's good preaching. I know. Here's the, here's the, then here's the ask. Don't say, well, the Lord knows what I need. Yeah, I know he knows what you need. But he said, ask. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. That means we do something. Lord, I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you for, I really don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Here's the last one. Expect an answer. Oh, now this is where the rubber meets the road right here. Expect an answer. We don't just pray and go, well, I just threw that prayer up there. <laughs> kind of like, I hope it sticks. How about this? How about we pray and then believe that God heard us? And then we begin to thank you. Look at this verse. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving's later on next month. No, no, no. This is all year round thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Man, that, that gives us an answer right there. We pray and then we don't just go, man, I, I, hope, I hope God heard me. I hope it works. I hope, you know, how about this? How about we pray and then we begin to thank you. Lord, thank you that you heard me. Thank you that things are taking place. Thank you, Lord. We're gonna come through this. Years ago when I was in my hometown, we tried to start a church in my hometown years ago. We, we shut it down. It, did, it didn't work. And for months, a year and a half, I was just at a quandary, what to do? I didn't know what to do. Everything I tried, just, I mean, I tried to find a place to start a church and it didn't work. And I tried to get jobs and people give me a job. And then I realized I, I don't want that job. And we were, we were hurting financially. We were hurting and I'm just frustrated. Ever been there? Just frustrated. And I remember I was just frustrated and kind of complaining and to the Lord. And I, I was reading my Bible 
one more. Oh, thank God for being able to read your Bible. When you need to hear from God, pick up your Bible and begin to read it. I began to read my Bible and I read a verse in James that said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Don't let that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. I read that and I went, there it is right there. I said, Lord, I'm going to do this. I've tried everything else. This hasn't worked. I'm going to do this. Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Wisdom, Lord. Give me wisdom on what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know the next step. I need your wisdom. Thank you for it. Amen. Say, did you get it? Not then. I went to work. Did you? Are you waiting for wisdom? No, but I'm thanking God. Thank you for wisdom, Lord. Thank you. I'll know what to do. Phone rings. I pick it up. It's a friend of mine. He's like, brother, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. What are you going to do? Basically, it's like, you're jacked up. <laughs> what are you going to do? I was about to say, I don't. And I caught myself. I said, you know, I asked the Lord this morning for wisdom. And the scripture said, if you ask for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. So I'm just thanking God for wisdom. I expected him to go, praise God. I'll join with you. He went, oh. And the conversation ended. And I thought, well, I'm not getting much help there. But I just kept thanking God. What are you going to do? And I thought, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, the enemy can get on you like a tape recording. What are you going to do? 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 I just remember saying, Lord, I thank you for wisdom. Thank you for wisdom. Two weeks later, I'm sitting in a church service. And the speaker, they had a special speaker that day. He said, you know, if you're, not, if you're not getting answers from God, you might be asking the wrong questions. And as soon as he said that, a light just went off in me. I went, oh my gosh. I've been praying, Lord, where do you want me to start a church in North Carolina? Where do you want me to start a church in North Carolina? Where do you want me to start a church in North Carolina? I went, oh, oh, oh. I went, Lord, do you want me to start a church in North Carolina? And the answer was no. And within a month, we were on our way back to Texas. And that prayer resulted in this church. What do you do? Say, Alan, that works for you because your wife is like the next version of Mother Teresa and you're a preacher and that's, <laughs> and that's why it works for you. No, it doesn't work for me because I'm a preacher. It works for me because I'm a child of God who took a promise of God and expected an answer. And it will work for you because you're a child of God who can take the promises of God and take them to the Lord. Instead of responding like everybody else, we got someone we can go to and we're not alone. Would you bow your head with me? If you came this, this morning and, or you're watching online, you say, Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord, but I want one. Or maybe you're, you're saying, you know what? I, I, I used to have a relationship with God. I, I, I used to walk with him. I've gotten so far away from him. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a great response today. Best response you can do is just come to him and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. That's an answered prayer. That's a prayer he'll answer every time. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're, you're here today and you say, Alan, I, I, I know in my heart I need Jesus in my life or I need him back in my life. I've gone away from him. I want you to, just, I want you to shoot your hand up real quick just across this altar and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? 
you put your hands down, we're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you really wanted to, you can jump right into this. Man, this is just a great prayer. We're going to pray with you as a church family. We're going to pray it out loud. Pray so you can hear yourself pray. If you're online, pray it. Pray it. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. But pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who've come home, for those who've come back. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you. We can pray. We can seek you. You will not turn us away. We're your children. And we serve a big, mighty, awesome, strong God. We're so grateful for that. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.